0: Hey, what's up back again for another podcast? Um yeah, you know, had to switch it up with a new intro song. Um the old one was getting pretty uh outdated. So uh hope you guys like that new intro song. Uh today we got one of uh you know, really another I mean, I say this all the time, but we really do have another great founder coming onto the podcast. Um This guy went to school where I went to school Oh, I just you know a couple of years prior to myself um mike liu is the founder uh and ceo of free fuse they uh they they, they do something really cool and you know onto the podcast today we're just going to talk about his career journey from going to texas a&m uh where you know he went on to get his master's and then eventually he's getting his phd right now but what does that have to do with uh, creating a software company you know we, we unpack that today and Shout out to the homie Austin for the introduction. You know, we are living in a digital age and, you know, being able to parse through digital videos or videos in general is kind of like a very time consuming thing. And, you know, what they do is they break down those videos and get to, you know, the viewers and, you know, the people who kind of need people to see those videos better. But I don't know if I messed it up, but here's Mike and he's going to explain it even better. And yeah, Mike, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for being here.
1: yeah really appreciate you dan and you know it's funny uh i always wanted to you know start my own company but you know not to say that the uc riverside doesn't help facilitate that i never looked right um but but it's almost like i don't really know that many people who've tried to go down this path ironically two of us who are founders of this company are from uc riverside Although I did start this journey more when I was at Texas A&M, you know, and shout out to all the Aggies out there. Uh, And I think it was, you know, kind of born from number one, there's a very large difference in like what you can do there versus like what you can do out here, you know, living in L.A. or living out in the Bay Area. Right. Um, So it was almost like I, I didn't really have. And and I I feel like this is terrible to say. I didn't have as many distractions, (laughs) right? In in Texas, you mean? Yeah, College Station. So imagine this, right? College Station. uh, That's the school, the number of students, enormous. We go to UCR, it's like what, 15,000, maybe 20,000 these days? Everybody
0: commutes too. So it's like.
1: So yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you, you know, like and it's funny too. Like it was talked about at UCR, there's like the Disneyland parking where you'd have to park in like what was it lot 30? Lot 30. <laughs> and, and and what's wild is you you would go, you'd put on your backpack, you'd go to class in the summer, you know, like when classes start, it's still so hot that you could get an outline of sweat on your backpack from your backpack just walking to its you know campus, right? And, you know, I always, I always just thought to myself, that's, that's wild. There's no way any place is like hotter than this. Right. Or just (laughs) as hot. So then I go to college station and college station (laughs) is like humid and just that hot. (laughs) So it's like, you feel like you've taken a shower outside while you're standing outside in the middle of the summer because of humidity. Um, And uh, then, yeah, it's, it's, it's very different, right? You have like the 60k students that you have uh, in college station. So if you've ever, you know, before the pandemic started, it it was like going to a music festival, except it's like on a campus, right? You have like people. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, it's like, and if, you know, for those of of those of you listening, if you ever been to one, it's kind of like chaotic, you have all these people kind of moving to and fro, imagine that on a college campus, that's what it feels like, before the whole like, you know, the pandemic, now people do, you know, stay yeah. home and like, learn stuff. Um, but, you know, that that always tripped me out, because I've been used to UCR, where at UCR, you know, it, it was a commuter school. So it's not like a lot of people are really spending that much time on campus, you know, you probably go there, take your classes and leave. Um, and AM, like <clears throat> most of the people are, you know, probably living pretty close off campus or, you know, you, uh, you usually live in the dorms. Like there's people who were in the dorms, um, up till, uh, I think like four years. Right. And like, uh, I felt like at UCR it's like, yeah, they it get the you club. in the dorms one year and then they're like, you Need to get out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I mean, no, that's funny. Uh, UCR had like a like a I mean people were dedicated. Like I remember like there, like there was like flooding, right? From that bridge or like that yeah. overpass. People were going knee deep in the water to get to class. <laughs> the funniest thing I saw though was uh somebody wearing flip-flops in the rain. I'm just like, dude, this <laughs> look at the weather before you go out. <laughs>
1: You know and it's it's, it's funny you, you mentioned that right so like my you know going from moving from one state to the next by the way it takes a you know and i'm not trying to toot my own horn but like yeah. it takes a it, it takes a certain level of i'm okay with uncertainty and i'm okay with uh you know being okay with a certain level of uh change un- right? not, not just change but uncomfortability right because okay. number one which is the stupidest, one of the stupidest things I ever did. I never showed up to the campus uh, and I'll tell you <laughs> why. Right. So, so I, I, take the GRE. I do pretty, yeah, I do pretty well. Right. Um, and, you know, I start fielding these offers from universities to come in. Right. And so Texas A&M I had applied over there. You know, I knew that they were a good school in terms of engineering because um, I was getting my engineering degree um, at the time. And, you know, I get this, letter in the mail that says, Hey, you know, we're offering you a free ride. And I was like, that's cool. And then I started reading the letter and it says, Oh, also you get a stipend of like X amount of money. Um, I don't want to say that in case, like, you sure. know, that's like not allowed to be said, but they gave, they gave you a stipend. Right. And I was like, okay, so not only are they going to give me the tuition, but I'm also getting money to live on, like, this is great. Right. And so I think everything's going, you know, great. Um, I even decided to move up to the Bay area for a few months just to like work a job to just make a little bit more money and save up before I get there. Right. You know, just to try someplace new, I figured it was like a, a dry run from the difference of LA to SF, you know, yeah. that was kind of the difference from going from you know LA to this other place. That's completely wrong, right? That <laughs> there's, <laughs> that, that's completely wrong. Like, and, and so the difference between like SF or LA to college station is like massive, <laughs> like, it's in a massive, massive difference. So what had happened was, uh, i had been getting recruited by this, you know, person who was in the recruiting department for, you know, the Texas a material science engineering department. So the fledgling department at the time, they're starting to seed students. And so I was one of those in the grad program. And I've been talking to this woman. And then somewhere around uh, May, um, you know, because I've been talking to her since January when I got like, you know, kind of everything in place. Yeah. So somewhere in May, like uh, she goes radio silent, right? And I'm supposed to visit the school at some point to see what is going on, right? And I was like, Okay, uh, that's weird, you know. And then I kept calling. I called the front desk, and they're like, uh, you know, and there's always students, <laughs> there's always students like working this place, and they're like, Hello, hello. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm looking to talk to, you know, Jan, and who's the the name of the academic, you know, advisor, or coordinator or whatever. And he's like, uh, uh, like who? And I was like, Jan. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember her last name now, but I was like, I'm trying to talk to Jan, you know? And he's like, oh, uh, all right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, figure out if uh, she's here and uh, I'll get back to you. And then a month passed, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't hear anything <laughs> back, and and I'm like, okay, that's weird. Maybe, and I was like, damn, maybe it was like a joke. Like, maybe someone, you know, maybe someone extended the school or something. Yeah, <laughs> got, yeah maybe maybe, maybe they just it. Like what? Like, wh- like You know, it's not like it's not like it's unfe- unfeasible. Like people do weird stuff, like stuff like that. I guess all the time. I don't know, but um, crazy enough, I was like, okay, well. I guess I'm just going to be working in the Bay. I'll try again in the fall. No big deal. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I finally get a, a phone call in July. Right. So like two months have passed and I get a phone call in July, like, Hey, uh, I'm trying to find uh, you know, Mike is uh, Mike there. And I was like, who's this? <laughs> right. Like who, who is this? Right.
0: right. And, and <laughs>
1: And, and, you know, I actually know this person really well right now. Her name's Jules. Uh, Shout out to Jules if she ever hears this, but she's like the academic advisor of the material science engineering department now at Texas A&M. But at the time she had just gotten hired and, uh, and she was like, Hey, uh, you know, are you actually, you know, wanting to come to, you know, Texas A&M and, you know, the, the material science engineering department, we never heard back from you. And I was like, what do you mean you never heard that? <laughs> I thought like, you did. <laughs> I thought you guys ghosted me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, shoot, that's I, I, I think that's I, I might have <laughs> even said that, right? I, I might have even said that on the phone call. And uh and she was like, Well, no, no. And I was like, uh, I was actually talking to Jan. What happened to Jan? And she's like, Oh, well, Jan left her position, which I found out later she got fired, right? So, like, you know, <laughs> oh
0: man, they must have been smoking weed before they went to <laughs> something. I don't like, know, man. That's that's crazy. Like that. You know well, well, it, yeah well, uh, well Mike, what's, what's interesting is like so you major in uh material sciences is that like so what is material science is that like chemistry times engineering you're like so walter white stuff or breaking bad stuff What yeah. is
1: that? <laughs> i mean you can do walter white stuff um i mean there's some chemical engineering people who were doing like polymer stuff where you know yeah. it's like some pretty wild wild crazy things like imagine it like the the venn diagram Imagine it like the Venn diagram of, of engineering, right? You can do a little bit of mechanical, you can do a little bit of chemi. you can do a little bit of even environmental, you can do a little bit of uh, you know, um, yeah. what is it, aerospace, <laughs> right? So all of it's like this Venn diagram because it's like interdisciplinary. And I think the interdisciplinary nature of it is why a lot of people who end up doing the engineering grad school degree end up doing other things, Uh Because you know, because like with the interdisciplinary nature of it, you, you realize there's so many different ways to collaborate with so many different types of great minds. Right. That was the thing that I, I took away from it. And what I realized was, you know, while engineering is great the the timeline upon which I could make an impact, a positive impact on other people's lives mm-hmm. was like really long. Like, you know, you're talking about like a 10 year horizon possibly sometimes. Uh, and I, especially for the project I was working on, which was like, you know, this new thing, no one had ever tried because, you know, apparently I like p- planting flags in places, right? So
0: this,
1: <laughs> this this new thing that no one had ever tried um you know it could possibly be used in the human body so like all of those things are like you know kind of problematic of course and so it was great the project was really fulfilling because it was so new there was no papers written about it um you know and during the time i co-authored like four or five papers and you know collaborated with other engineering people but i just realized the the speed at which i'm actually doing something that directly impacts another person like it's it's basically a snail's pace like and uh, that was like kind of the the turning point moment where i said to myself you know what honestly do i like really love this is this something that i can just really love to do over the course of like 10 years 20 years 30 years and while the answer to the overarching question was i could do it for that long Uh uh-huh the question of, did I love it? I think was answered very quickly, which was, I, I don't, I don't love the process. I don't love every part of it. You know, I don't really think that I could actually, not that I couldn't do it, but it's like, I don't have the passion and the joy for it. Like I do with what I'm doing now.
0: Yeah. You know, that's interesting. I was um, talking to somebody who was getting a PhD in like uh, construction management at at Stanford. He was on a podcast too. And he was saying like, he would spend 20 hour days or like, the whole day 16 to 20 hour days on uh like his projects or like his ideas and I think it yeah it takes a different type of like I don't know like attitude to to get a PhD or to get like into like uh like like just just spend a lot of time on something because I mean even you, we don't even find too many people who spend uh <laughs> more than eight hours a day on work and, and other stuff so it's it's pretty difficult to, to, I could imagine
1: yeah oh, it's it's yeah. like academia dude it's like there, there's a few things that academia that rub me the wrong way which is why oh. like if i was ever to you know continue on with engineering work it would be an industry but academia rubs me the wrong way for a few reasons. The first is that like academia has a lot of like fiefdoms, right? Like little, little fiefs, you know, and like people who are underneath each of these. Like a like... class
0: system you're talking like, like the middle ages or? <laughs>
1: yeah, no, no, straight up like the middle ages. Like <laughs> yeah. they act like it's the middle ages sometimes too. Cause it's like, you have these people, who are incredibly intelligent i'm i will never say that these people are incredibly intelligent but it's almost like the incredible intelligence comes at the cost of being you know emotionally intelligent or socially aware okay Okay. um and obviously i'm not going to say who exactly that i've run into where i felt like that but it was one of the things that kept me from really seeing the benefit of ever staying in that system because for me it's it's the for not not everybody's like this but for some people it's kind of like big fish, small pond syndrome, right? Some people feel like, uh, you know, I have, you know, I'm this, you know, very well known, you know, uh, person who's a researcher and I'm doing all this big stuff. And like, I'm big on Twitter, like yeah. stuff like that is, is it would just rub me the wrong way. It's like, you know, aren't you guys supposed to be doing this because, you, you know, intrinsically care about the problems you're trying to solve, not because you want to get brownie points with this giant community of other people who are <laughs> kind of pretentious as well, you know, um, yeah. academics are all like that. But there are a few that are really, really like that. And the people who are like that all seem to care about those kind of like, you know, being out, uh, you know, having their stuff out in the world, and always getting recognition for it.
0: Yeah, Mike. I I guess yeah. I feel you on that. I'm just curious. Like, uh, so you major in you know chemistry slash engineering. You do it. You do it like multiple times, right? You go to grad school to do that. Like, when did that switch to you know I want to make a software company or Free Fuse kind of begin? Just since uh, uh, you know, as you said, you didn't really you know picture yourself doing that. Just um, you know, can take me through that time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. When I was younger, I would say during the time when I was at UCR, like, and maybe uh, other entrepreneurs can understand this feeling, but there was always like the itch that I wanted to do something on my own, right? It's like, and it's, at first it was kind of like more of like a dull poke, right? Like, hey, you know, you can (laughs) check out something, right? But it's like, you ignore it, you know, you're younger. You're like, I'll just do it later, right? Which is totally stupid, right? Um, you know, and as I started to get older, I started to think to myself, like, you know, honestly, like time is limited, you know, I, like, and there, there isn't, you know, there isn't infinite amount of time in someone's life where they can continue just being like, you know what, I'll just do yeah, it later. Yeah. I'll just do yeah. it later. Right. So I think for, uh, also, I think for, you know, people who, and, you know, try who are high achievers. I think, you know, some of those things are born out of two things. The first is, of course, the, you know, the particular, you know, personality of the person, um, you know, might lend them to, or, you know, possibly an upbringing might lend them to being somebody who actually is a high achiever. They want to go and, you know, kind of change the world kind of stuff. And, you know, they've, they felt like that's sort of the mission in life, which is totally cool. The second is the type of person who has something terrible happen to them, right? And what ends up happening is they utilize that as this galvanizing force to change their life. I was one of the latter, right? Although, you know, I always felt like I could do something that could impact tons of people. I didn't want to be pretentious enough to say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and uh, you know, I want to I go ahead and, you know, change the world without first figuring out what could actually be created that could do so, right? So in my case, I happen to, you know, have had, you know, some personal, uh, you know, some personal struggles myself. And, you know, at some point I was like, you know what, this is the moment where I need to like go and, and do something more with my life beyond the scope of what I'm doing here, doing research and engineering. But I will say the, the principles that I took from engineering are, are incredibly important. But, you know, it was that moment in time where I, you know, basically galvanized myself to say, this is this is the new path in life that I'm going to take. And so for, I remember from that moment forward, um, I, I just said to myself, I'm going to just go for this, whatever it takes. You know, whatever time it takes, whatever information I need to consume, whatever I need to do in order to make this succeed, I'm literally just going to dedicate everything that I've got to doing so. And that didn't mean, of course, I still was doing all of my experiments, but I'd become so good at it that it was like mechanical. You know, it's like the equivalent of like basically robot or something, or yeah, like just it was robotic. (laughs) It it was robotic, right? And that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, once I did that, I basically was doing like experiment stuff uh, and, and you have a flexible schedule being a grad student, right? So uh, for a while, I remember the first, you know, couple semesters after that. Um, it's like around 2018, every Friday I would have no meetings so that I literally could spend Friday, Saturday and Sunday mm-hmm. and every evening learning as much about building my own company and build, understanding business, finance, like anything that I could consume. And anytime I did experiments, I would literally listen to like audiobooks and like, just, you know, consume as much as I could about how other people think, like what, what made successful people, what made those people fail, you know, how many failures did they have? What were the common threads? Um, and then, you know, how did people come up with ideas? How did they test them? How did they uh, understand the world around them? And I spent like, an entire year doing that uh and then i still do those practices to this day maybe not as so much like trying to Uh cut up but i basically spent uh you know 40 hours doing like teaching assistant stuff doing research and then i spent 40 hours doing um i spent also 40 hours plus doing that information gathering
0: so so you were Um, a ta for students like you're teaching people what class, like what what classes were these Um,
1: subjects? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. So um, I actually taught students in industrial distribution. um, And funny enough, uh, we actually hired two people who were my former students. (laughs) Okay, no way. (laughs) Hilarious, right? Um, So yeah, two of my former students in those classes, uh, you know, we kept good contact, I, you know, started telling them about free fuse, but um, uh-huh. You know, they, you know, they were, they were people, they were people, I think I actually taught that year in 2018 during that time, right. Uh-huh. And, uh, of course, you know, like any good entrepreneur, I had ideas that were just total crap. And like, I just tried to try it out during that time, just to experiment and see where they would go. You know, one was like, Something that had to do with like servicing Airbnbs in the area, which by the way, like not a great market if you're in College Station, better if you're in LA, but not sure. great if you're out there. <laughs> um, The second one was like, uh, the second one actually was a little bit more successful, but I'll, I'll get into that uh, in a second. But essentially what we, what, what I did in that time, I taught students, you know, I'm teaching students, I'm learning all this stuff, I'm trying to come up with ideas. Um, I'm trying to move this whole process forward and I'm learning a lot. Right. So 2019 rolls around and I'm, you know, thinking to myself, okay, a few ideas have failed. Why don't we try something completely out of left field? Right. And so while I was, uh, while I was actually back at home uh, or no, 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 I was still in college station in the summer of 2019, uh, a friend of mine called. And, you know, he was talking about, you know what, like, uh, I just broke up, hey, man, I just broke up with my girlfriend, you know, that's how like (laughs) fun conversations start, right? And he was really bent out of shape about it, because they'd been together living together four years, He really thought they were going to get married. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, interesting. So like, what are you going to do about it? And He's like, I don't, I don't know. And I was like, why don't you like, try and really, you know, push forward this whole music thing? Right. And so, you know, he was a a DJ, he has, you know, he had talent, but like, he wasn't really pushing it forward. And so I was like, if you go and do that, I'll try and, you know, I'll try and go ahead and put, maybe we can try and go ahead and put together a brand around what you do. Right. I was basically going to take the skills that I had and trans, you know, kind of translate them into helping him, you know, build out some of the aspects of his career. And what that became over time was more of a multimedia approach. I started talking to more artists. I was like, Hey, you have music, you're creating stuff. Do you, you know, we were going to put together basically a a little, you know, mini platform, maybe not something like a YouTube, or maybe something like a Spotify, but like a middle, little mini multimedia, you know, sort of, uh, you know, production company, basically, that was going to have music and was going to have film film production as well. And so You know, I was thinking to myself, well, you know, we have these music people, why don't we see if there's like a way for us to actually start making little shorts or like, you know, little, you know, interesting, you know, funny, funny videos and and get that, get that going. And so from there, I actually ended up reaching out to, uh, I don't know if you know, have you ever met a guy named John Dell. Um, He went to UCR as well. Um, Uh, Was he Asian? no he wasn't okay (laughs) like a he's like a half Puerto Rican half white guy I think don't think so but yeah Um, so so you know I got in touch with him um after a a period of time I mean we'd always like kind of been talking like you know sort of like hey what's good how you doing Uh um but like he come you know he and I started talking about this and he's like yeah like I have so many ideas for scripts let's like get together so he, you know, he and I met, uh, in that summer of 2019 while I'm building up this stuff with my friend and w- what we started talking about was, Hey, w- if you're down, you know, it'd be great to like, it'd be great to, to see, uh, what we can make together. And so he was like, well, I, I mostly want to do like shorts and, you know, kind of like TikTok clips or something like that. Or- yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe not like TikTok clips, but like more like maybe two, three minute, you know, well-produced things that were like oh. pretty funny. Right, So he starts writing a script um, for it, and he brought, he brings in <clears throat> this guy, uh, John Marino, who would eventually become the co-founder of, uh, of Current Free Fuse, right? <laughs> and so the reason why I say Current Free Fuse is that we actually used to use that moniker for this production company, right? We even had, like, whole different branding and stuff, and we you know, we looked at it and we we're like, okay, cool. Like, and at, at first, like that name had really no meaning for what we were doing production wise. It was just a name that I could get the, the yeah. .com for. right? A yeah. um,
0: domain thing, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it makes a lot more sense now because I, 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 you know, and that has its own like whole story as well. But in any case, we bring the the you know we basically bring together a whole bunch of artists and we start you know making shorts, making film productions. We have like basically fifty people we're working with at any given time. We start cranking out like a bunch of you know sort of these uh, productions. But what happens is I end up leaving because I have to go back to Texas A and Right? This is the the winter of twenty nineteen. We had been oh, okay. spent a month like really cranking stuff out and you know, we're all talking, you know, this is, you know, things seem like they're going well. And basically what happens is we're like, you know what, honestly, uh, you know, I don't (laughs) like people start really realizing like, you know what, like this whole thing is like not working very well. And I was thinking to myself, like, you know, is there ways that we can fix this? You know, is there ways that like we can make this better? Cause like, while, I was good being able to manage it all because i'm a super process oriented oriented person as an engineer uh-huh. i was not so good at directing people remotely <laughs> from hundreds of miles thousands, i guess thousands of miles away
0: yeah, right? yeah
1: so i you know so basically there's lots of disputes happening you know lots of people like not being able to coexist well together or create well together and essentially that whole thing just implodes, right? So, like, so you it, had
0: to pivot the idea into business to business like where, where uh, it is now?
1: Um, it wasn't so much that we had to pivot it to business to business. I just took the name because I still had the domain, right? Oh, okay. It's only in, in name alone that these things are related. But the film production element of it is actually the part that allowed me to understand how to run what we do today because I understood actually what the p- particular problems that people have in that industry are. Like we were editing content, creating content. We understood like how long that takes, how tiring it can be Dude, how yeah, annoying... it takes
0: forever, right? Like y- yeah. even on the phone or on the computer, I was watching the, like the, do you know, the big Dawes guy from YouTube? uh he did like fake clay thompson prank <laughs> oh that guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was telling he was on like uh he was just talking about what he was doing and then he was saying how he had spent um like the whole night like the whole night like uh like from 9 p.m. to like 4 a.m. editing a video for youtube mm-hmm. so you know like you 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 know you would think like oh all he had to do was act or you know see, you know uh what do you call that be filmed right but like editing is what makes a video good like any anybody can kind of film something but if you don't have really good production skills or editing skills and the video is not going to go as far as you'd like it to go you know
1: well i mean yes and no right i mean tiktok actually turned that on its head because people now these days like more authentic and kind of more raw stuff right sure but um so you know that's kind of that's kind of what we learn from that experience right uh, and then like when everything was imploding, John Marino, who's like one of the co-founders of this current company and I were like, okay, well, you know, we still like working together. Uh, you know, there's, there's an idea I want to explore. All right? And this is like the summer of 2019. And I remember he and I are like, uh, I remember like hearing about Black Mirror Bandersnatch, right. And I always like loved those books as a kid. So I was like, why don't we make this super creative and do like an Amazon Alexa version of this? Right. And if we were able to make it, which I might re-explore down the road, right? Mm-hmm. We actually have like a way to do voice activated choose your own adventure now. But like it was funny because all of my customer development, I literally was like holding up. I mean, I even have it like right here. Like this is this is uh-huh. my Amazon Alexa right here. I guess you can't really see it, but this is, is it my Am- Echo show or? Like- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Echo yeah. Show. Yeah. And uh, I was having Zoom conversations like this as my customer development, having people yell through the interface of Zoom,
0: uh-huh.
1: beta <laughs> test my, my application. And I, and in my mind, and maybe other people will think this is absolutely stupid, but In my mind, I generated enough positive response to think to myself, you know what, this might actually work. And so, uh, and I, I interviewed 25 people doing that. So I was like, okay, this is enough to like try something out. And so what we did was, you know, we ended up taking this interface to the place that I felt like had the most problems, which was right in my arena, teaching, like teaching these students, Right. Cause the, these, the professors, you know, like while they're super smart, they have tons of information, the communication aspect, I think there's, there's a real like missing element there, right? Like they're just kind of like providing you with an hour long lecture, hour and a half long lecture, you know, short form videos were really becoming vogue at the time and they had no way to really break those down into shorter segments. So I was huh. like, what better way to test out this format? and like making everything into shorter segments than in the classes that I'm teaching. So we got a pilot program of 172 students and they basically made uh, 30,000 choices using, um, the free fuse interface. Um, and that was the real point where I was like, Oh, okay. So this works like in some capacity, uh, you know, there's, there's some, there's something here. Right. Um, yeah, and so, you know, of course I, uh, I start, you know, kind of taking this out to, and this is, this is actually a year ago, right? Like we did our first pilot program with them like a year ago, we start taking this to a ton of schools, but monetizing them is a nightmare. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, we, we, we did some good stuff. I brought it to 42 courses. We had 15 different or 15 different, uh, universities with different professors there, using it it wasn't like an official thing with the university but it was professors at those schools that were using
0: would you just uh cold email professors or how did you get them to like want to take a chance or
1: um so i literally and you you know people will will probably think this is really interesting but i literally sat there and just like i started with like maybe a, a contact list of 10 people and I grew that list. I even have it like right here. I grew that list to like yeah. over a, like 150 people, actually.
0: You, you grew it by like uh, referrals or?
1: Yeah, with referrals. I literally I, I literally was like, look, I'm not going to cold, you know, call or cold email these people. Let's see yeah, how many are on here, actually. Yeah, I literally just asked people, do you know anybody who's a professor, an educator, blah, blah, blah. And then I got, I just got intros and leads. Yeah. I have 199. What
0: well, was that part, Mike, was that part for you? Like uh, asking for referrals or, you know, business development, right? Like, was that, um, was that uncomfortable for you just to try to like, you, did you feel like you were annoying them with this odd request or did you feel like, Oh, this is for business. This makes sense. It helps them in many ways.
1: Like what was your kind of like, how, how, how did you experience that? That's a great question. And in fact, to this day, I still feel somewhat uncomfortable always doing it because I feel bad, right? But I (laughs) always like try to help whoever's making me a a referral, like try to help them in some way. Um, You know, because I just always like feel bad because I'm like, you know what? Like this is somebody who's helping me. I, you know, I'd like to reciprocate because like I like to be a giving person. And so, you know, but like I've also found that it's not, I, I found that there was two things of the reason why I feel bad. The first is kind of like, I don't want to inconvenience people and yeah. I feel like I want to, you know, reciprocate, but there's a second part that like, maybe some other people won't admit when they say that they feel bad, but maybe I'm the only one who feels that way, which is, you know, there's a certain, there's a certain level of like, you know, pride that I think like when you try and ask people for help and maybe that's just me, of course, but like, I've had so many people help me and, I'm, you know, I'm very, I'm super receptive to it, but like, uh. I think like, you know, there's a certain part of me that wants to do it like, oh, you know, I was like responsible for this, for the cool marketing campaign or all on my own. Like, you know, no one, you know, I could do it all my, on my own. And I realized over time talking to so many people, there's like this quote. I remember that someone said, uh, 99% of the success I had was from other people helping me. And it was a very successful person. I can't remember who, but I, but I thought to myself, you know what, honestly, like that's, that's totally true. And why, you know, why should I feel like I'm above asking for help?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a stigma too. Like, I don't know. I just, I I don't think it has to do with being Asian or first generation or nothing, but uh, I think like um, in society, you want to, you, you don't yeah i think for me like i don't want to feel like i needed help because maybe it's like you don't necessarily need help but it definitely does help right it's like you could you could have done the op you could have done a different way where you you uh went like maybe you struggled more and like you um went on zoom info and you know got a bunch of emails of professors right but i guess like yeah. asking for the people who knew them who were make the leads a little bit more friendly, that that, that method served you well. I'm sure like customers came from there, huh?
1: Yeah, and I think uh, one of the things that 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 method allowed me to understand, number one was to do warm campaigns. Like I'm really, really good at warm campaigns and like creating partnerships now. But the second was, how do these people talk to each other? Right, like if you see how somebody introduces you, you can get some level of language and understanding of communication. Mm -hmm. About like how do they even talk to each other about someone else or about how your tool is described, right? And that allowed me to take that and turn it into the way I talk about it to other people, right? And so I always like try and take little cues and levels of nuance from talking to people like that, which I think can be really really helpful towards you know making a much stronger product to make much or a much stronger way to talk about our product or talk about how our service helps people. Right. Right. Um, so that was beneficial. And so, you know, now, um, you know, now we're really focused on helping businesses. Ironically, I actually did get a year long contract with like one of the classes that, uh, is going to use free fuse and it's possibly going to be their entire department after that pilot program. Um, so I did that yesterday, which was cool. Did you get UCR into it or did they say anything? Um, no, actually funny enough, I haven't actually approached UCR yet. Um, I'm actually talking to one of the guys who runs the UCR, uh, accelerator program, actually, I think is, is, or not, I think his yeah, name yeah. is Scott, uh, where is his name? Sorry. His name is Scott Brovsky. Um, and you know, actually funny enough, I was introduced to him by uh, Austin as well. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I guess like, I there's a common kind of theme that, uh, asking or getting the introduction from somebody or the somebody to vouch for you that, that definitely strengthens your, uh, or anyone in general, right? Like anyone's case to, to, um, I don't know, either like for a job or for like to be a customer like that, 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 that that goes like a long way that we underestimate kind of often. Don't you think?
1: I, I truly believe that. And, you know, there was like, uh, and I think what really kind of got my mind into, you know, connecting with people in a much more meaningful way beyond like i I don't like being transactional personally like (laughs) you know and and hopefully and and if anybody out there is is listening who's who's met me and has has thought that i i just want to apologize and hopefully you know like you you can reach out and you know i can figure out some way i can help you and we can have a a nice relationship but i really don't like that right like because i mean i feel like it's always like a two-way street and like you know I I always want to have relationships that are, you know, fulfilling. Right. And so I think in terms of what, you know, a lot of people consider to be networking, it's like, everybody thinks it's like, you know, this whole transactional thing. I help you, you help me and cool. That's cool. Whatever. Right. But it was the book, uh, give and take by Adam Grant. And this book called like, um, it was like how to be a super connector, like 50, Mm -hmm. It was like hundred plus fifty plus five, right? And while that 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 you know title of that book might sound really cringy, like, cause you know, the, I feel like people who like call themselves super connectors, yeah. and it's like, yeah, like you know, I appreciate that you call yourself that, but it's kind of yeah. silly. Um, but what I learned from that was even somebody who is an introvert could learn a system to basically organize everything to help make much more meaningful relationships in their life. Um, and I took the framework from give and take to understand the types of people that I wanted to be in in that system, right? Cause give and take is about, okay, you have givers, people you definitely want to deal with, uh, matchers, people who only give back when you do it first and takers, which are people who are like, they'll help you, but they, they'll probably give back every once in a while, but they'll always, Uh always be asking (laughs) for stuff. Um, and I feel like I, I, and I think the reason why I've always felt bad and, uh, about asking for shit is that like, yeah. I don't want to be seen as a taker. Right. Um, that's why I'm always asking if there's any way that I can help. Like, sometimes I really don't know how I can do so. And, and what's funny is a lot of people are like, no, 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 it's cool. Like, you know, yeah. no, no big deal. And I'm like, damn, now I really have to think of something like, you know? And, and so that's why, um, so going, you know, doing a quick little, Reversal back to that friend I was talking about. So, that friend that I was talking about at the beginning of this whole like free fuse esque journey, um, who broke up with his girlfriend, he actually, you know, I've actually helped him build up things over the years. And, you know, now we actually do events out here in LA. And, you know, now we're doing a boat party on July 23rd. Yeah, which, might
0: have to come come through that, dude. <laughs> yeah,
1: you should. And, you know, yeah, any yeah. listening, if you'd like to show up, uh, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'll share with you a link and, uh, you know, a promo code, no big, you know. But, you know, I built, you know, we built, basically built each other up and, you know, we're constantly, you know, working together and finding ways to bring ourselves forward. And that's what... Um, was really fulfilling about that journey was to see us both like grow as people right grow as people throughout the process and say you know what we uh you know we don't we might not know everything about what we're doing but like at the yeah. same time like we at least had each other throughout that whole process and it's really just cool to see that you know he was able to facilitate these venues uh, on his own from where he was at like five or so years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess like Mike, you know, I got to ask you something like, uh, you, you were mentioning you did a lot of like self education. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've done that a lot myself too. And I think everyone else is doing that. Like they're either picking up books or going on YouTube and learning new skills and realizing like, uh, their degree doesn't necessarily have to define that the work, what, what, what job they take or what, what they do with their career. Like, right. Uh, for you, like uh, somebody who has, you know, multiple degrees, right? Like, do you think that, um, like, what, what would you do to like change, change? Do you think that's a good thing that people, you know, they go to school and they study something, it's not something they can get a job in and then they have to like do all this like readjustments and figuring out new, like new, new, like new skills to, to apply to the workforce. Cause the workforce change a lot. And, and I guess like a lot of the degrees don't have, as much jobs you can do with them, or it just seems like there's, there's like a new, new, new type of thing where somebody, somebody majors in something. It's not, not, you know, they, they don't, what they do is not, you know, directly correlated to the degree. Like, do you think that uh, that's a good thing or a bad thing? And like, how do you feel about that?
1: I think it's great. Cause it's like the evolution of people. Right. And I'll just say this, I might have spent all that time doing like engineering, you know, based uh you know engineering based studies but at the same time like in regards to that the principles that i learned from that made me a better entrepreneur processes understanding how to you know really hold myself accountable because i'm the only person driving these experiments forward sure you know uh being able to negotiate with people about what times i could use different instruments like all of those things were translatable into something else and i think that in terms of somebody who might have started with a certain major and is now doing something else, look if they have a particular skill set, um, even if they're you know doing something else, but they look like they could be a, good for the role, you you shouldn't think so much about what their experience is unless it's like something like, hey, you need to do like a bunch of coding, like no one's sure. gonna really pick that up tomorrow. But but if it's somebody who's like. Hey, look, I, you know, I'm in, I am in. I've been in like maybe the history vocation, but I'd like to do something in terms of management. Uh, and I actually have taken the time to learn and understand this and they, they can speak about it at a, you know, a very detailed level that actually indicates they know what they're talking about. Then I yeah. think I would rather actually understand how they think versus what exact background they have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like in the tech jobs or my friend, Jonathan Javier, he went to Riverside too, and he would talk about. Uh, people in Ivy League schools, they get into a tech career at like a Google or like you know the Fangs or Silicon Valley tech way easier than somebody from UC Riverside or you know like Cal State, you know uh, San Diego, whatever, right? Like, that, do you do you think like that? Um, I guess like somebody for somebody who gets gets a de- chooses to get a happens to get a degree from like a top fifteen school in the country
1: community or the global community in you know in ways that you know they feel like are tangible for them and i think when you see someone go and do that yeah you feel encouraged to do it yourself
0: no i dig that yeah yeah that's amazing mike um i think
1: you know more people should do that for sure uh you want to cut it off here uh yeah i was gonna say uh you know you should probably just do like an outro but (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll figure it out (laughs) all right well i'm gonna go ahead and
0: Hey, that does it for another podcast. Uh, we had to cut it short. Mike, Mike was uh, headed to another meeting, and uh, we didn't get to ask, you know, any last questions. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Um, you know, I think some really valid points were made here. You know, just about uh, people coming from different backgrounds and, you know, going on to uh, create a bright future for themselves. Um, you know, myself included. I, I think I definitely either self-sabotage myself or I struggled with uh, <laughs> just my own career and trying to take it to where I want to take it, um, and taking this podcast included. and uh, Yeah, you know, just, I mean, growing pains, but hey, you know, no pain, no gain, as I say. So um, uh, if you're contemplating making a big move or, you know, you're looking for that sign to just take the smallest act of action, whether that's sending an email or... Um, uh, I don't know, asking somebody out or something. This is that sign. So you should go do that. Um, here at Sarah Minds, we push boundaries, we push limits. Um, you know, I definitely think that growth is uncomfortable and, and uh, taking your life out of uh, its current state into what you kind of imagine it. it takes time, but it takes courage. And, you know, I acknowledge that. Um, not saying that not everyone has that courage. I think, you know, you really do got to dig deep. In. Uh, just uh you know commit yourself to finding a way but um yeah man uh thank you to, to the loyal supporters of the show uh if you are in education or you're, um, you know you're thinking about needing a AI video parsing software definitely give free fuse a check out they'll be in the show notes down here below and uh, that does it for this podcast so if you do want to keep up with us uh follow us please follow us on spurred mindsets instagram at certain pod um and also the website's coming along more so we're dropping more game and knowledge on that uh we do want to be a resource for founders so if you're a founder who you know my specialty would probably be raising money or just business strategy but yeah if you're looking to raise money from vcs uh and you need somebody to, like coach you with a pitch deck or pick the you know just to to you know i'm talking too much all right <laughs> peace guys